0: Church, so glad that you are carving out some time uh, to gather uh, with us around uh, God's Word. Uh, we are in a collection of sermons entitled, Out of the Shadows. And what we're doing is we're looking at how do we deepen our spiritual life with the understanding that in order to do that, we must also have a healthy uh, emotional life as well. And so today I want to look and talk around uh, the topic of anger. And so let's frame this today uh, with some scriptures. I'm going to invite you to meet me in James chapter 1, uh, verse 19. Uh, and I'm going to read some scripture before we get there. But you meet me in James, uh, and I'm going to read now from Proverbs 29, verse 22. It says, a man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Matthew 5, 21 and 22, Jesus' words. He says, you've heard it said of those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. And whoever insults his brother, brother, will be liable to the council, And whoever says, You fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and verse 27, Paul says it this way: He says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And then James, our text we'll look at together. Chapter 1, verses 19 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person, every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Let's bow our heads and our hearts for prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness to us. Your kindness leads us to repentance. And so God, we pray today as we look inward, as we're honest, Lord, even about our own emotional um, dysfunction, the times where our emotions get out of hand and it may bleed into anger. God, we pray that you would give us wisdom. We pray that we would sense your grace, Lord, that, and that we would move into a place of health. We'd move into a place of wholeness. Uh, God, that's what we want. That's what we long for. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Uh, an idea really to kind of start off with that I want us to have clear in our minds, and our hearts, is simply this, is that righteous action does not spring from anger. Righteousness, what God desires to produce in us, will not be produced out of anger. And so anger is an emotion that we all will deal with. Let me give you a quick stat. Over 500 times does the Bible speak to anger. The only topic that the Bible talks about more is love. And so there's nobody tuning in today, nobody that's going to be gathering in person that is immune from anger. Anger hits us in different ways at different times. And so I want us to look at a couple of, uh, of examples so we can frame how anger might look for us. Because I don't know if, if you found this to be true, but I know that I have. Sometimes it's easier for me to see the anger on display in other people And I'm not aware of the anger that is maybe present in my life because it's manifesting differently. So Dave and his wife fight constantly. Last week, Dave got so angry that he took a vase and he smashes it against the wall. At 16, Sarah feels as just she's a burden to her busy mom. So she locks herself in her room and she puts her earbuds in, and she blasts the music at a high volume. Maybe Brian's new supervisor at work has been pushing him all day, wanting to turn off the world. He goes home, and he drinks himself into a stupor. Timothy's five years old, and he understands how he feels, and besides the the pain that he is experiencing in different places, the home life that is volatile. The only way that comes out of him is when he is assigned the task in school to color. He takes a crayon and he mashes it into the paper and he colors so violently that it begins to tear holes into the paper. There's been moments in my life where I've had I've had anger and I've been dealing with that emotion. And for me, it would come out not so much in aggressive talk, not so much in physical exertion. For me, I was actually carrying it around. And the word that I use is this, that there have been times in my life where where the anger, I was able to kind of hold it in place, but it was seething. It's almost if like you've ever come to a, a car and the engine was smoking, but the hood was down and there was a little bit of smoke that was creeping out. But if you pop that hood and you got the ability to look inside, you realize that there was a whole lot more smoke than what you realized, had seasons. That was a byproduct of grief, a byproduct of going through a difficult and hard time. And it produced an anger in me, that even though it didn't have an expression that was external, It absolutely was taking away space in my heart. Where do you find yourself? What of those stories, what of those examples do you kind of identify with? Do you have escapes that you're using to deal with the frustration in your life? Is it a physical response? Is it one where you draw within and maybe even cause yourself pain? Or discomfort, or maybe it's at a place where you don't even know—you don't even know how to vocalize and verbalize what you're feeling. But it is coming out in aggressive behavior. The reality is this: is anger has many different faces. Anger is a God-given emotion. That's one of the things I want us to grab hold of and really uh, come at peace with in this series is that our emotions are like puzzle pieces. Our emotions are given to us by God. They are not inherently evil and they don't have to be ignored. Many of us were raised with this idea and we grew up with this sort of overarching message sent to us that some of your emotions are healthy, some of your emotions are not healthy. And what I want to say to you is that all of your emotions, my emotions, they're given to us by God and they tell a story. They give us clues. They help us key into what is happening internally and also externally. So for us, there could be a sense where anger can begin at the low level of a frustration and it may grow into what we would call fury. Anger is kind of an understood uh, as like a state of readiness. You are ready to respond. It's either a natural response to a perceived injustice, it's a response to something where you go, man, that's not right, I'm upset, I've been wronged, they've been wronged, and you are kind of in this posture of ready to respond and to react. And that's what I wanna talk about. How are we responding to anger? How are we moving so that we continue, as Christ called us to, to grow in righteousness? How are we dealing with the anger that is in us? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this phrase down. It's going to come out somehow. Anger is going to come out of your life somehow. You're either going to control it. Or it is going to control you. It's going to come out some way. It's either going to be sideways. It's going to be in a way that you you have no control over. Or you can choose to begin to control it. Anger always finds an expression. It's either a response that is healthy or it's a response that is unhealthy. Sometimes it's internalization. Maybe for you, there's a repressing, you might have heard this word, repressing, where the anger, you're actually denying its place. you got this feeling, you've got this motion, it's it's caused by a circumstance, and you are, are denying it, you're repressing it, you're denying that it exists, or you suppress it. Maybe you acknowledge it, you acknowledge that there's anger there, but then you stuff it. You put it in a box, you put it kind of off in the basement of your your soul, and you pretend as if it doesn't exist. One risk for those that are maybe really, really comfortable with putting it in a box and pretending it doesn't exist. Here's one of the signs that you might be doing that. You've become cynical. Anger that is buried deep in your soul Will begin to manifest as cynicism. It will begin to come out of you in that way. So there are again, anger is going to come out of you. You're either going to internalize it. You're going to vent. You're either go, you're going to get it out. So sometimes it comes out non-aggressive. So this this is maybe a healthier posture where you're able to do it in a way that's not destructive but it's going to come out of you. You're you're going to vent. You're going to have a healthy expression. And if there's a healthy expression, we know that there's also then an unhealthy, and I'll even say this, a sinful expression. And maybe that's you just acting in an aggressive way. Aggression is not just a physical posture, but aggressive can be with our words. It can be with our posture. So again, I want us to look how and ask the question, how does anger come out of me? How am I dealing with my anger? Is it coming out of me? Am I internalizing it? Am I venting it? Do I see it in physical symptoms? Here's the thing that's important for us as we talk through these different emotions and these different components of our emotional life. The body keeps score. So sometimes anger that has been stuffed away and it's been sort of trapped inside of us You're gonna maybe have headaches. You're gonna get ulcers, stomach cramps, high blood pressure. Heart conditions are a byproduct at times of anger that is just internalized, where you're not letting things be processed and gotten out of you in a healthy way. There's physical symptoms. There's also emotional symptoms. As I mentioned before, cynicism. Criticism, sarcasm, gossip. Maybe you're just mean, kind of a a meanness, impatience, being demanding, withholding love, and refusing to forgive. Again, it's easy to see anger in other people. Sometimes it's difficult to see it in us. But listen to me, that emotion is a natural one, and it's one that will be evident and present in your life. The question is, how is it coming out? It affects so many areas of our life, so many relationships. How are you processing anger? Because there are levels to our anger. Right, all angers not the same. There are our levels. There's there's irritation. There's indignation. There's wrath. There's fury. There's rage. There's hostility. Anger has a way of beginning small, and it gets it can grow if we don't have control of ourselves. So I like to think of it this way: when we talk about kind of the spiritual life, it's very easy for us to think of Paul's writing to the church in Galatia, where we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. But I want us to focus in on self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. The byproduct of a Spirit-led and a Spirit-infused life is that we will have the ability to control ourselves A lot of times we think of self-control in terms of controlling our behavior, the things that we do. But friend, I want to encourage you with this, that self-control is also controlling the thoughts that you think, the inclinations of your heart, and the responses that we have to situations. Anger is not something that we can avoid and that we can turn off, but we we have to We have to control it, we have to measure it. We have to allow it to live in our lives, but not in a way that is unhealthy. Many people that kind of are in Christian circles love to point to the story in the New Testament where Jesus gets angry and he starts turning over tables. His anger was righteous. And here's what I wanna say to you and me. Our anger is never going to be as righteous as Jesus. The Bible says that our hearts are wicked and that we don't have righteousness in us. And so what I want to say is while we can see Jesus having a righteous anger, our lives should be prayerful in that our anger would begin to be shaped and moved closer to how Christ feels and deals with things. Listen to me. There are going to be moments where you are going to get this right. There are gonna be moments where you get this wrong. What I'm wanting us to do is actually move into a place of health where we are continually kind of bringing before the Lord our emotions, our feelings, when we've been wrong, kind of holding, holding back and not allowing our emotions to kind of run wild to where we get into responses and reactions that are unhealthy and damaging. Think about this. I know that your life's not so different than mine. Man, I can think of, times even now where anger manifested in my life as harsh words, things that I said to people, how I, how I damaged them with my words. You see, many of us, if we're not careful, those, those words in one season, if not cared for, actually will begin manifesting in different ways. In different places, we may know that there is a negative response in our life if anger comes out this way, but we might be able to channel it and it come out this way. You see, many of you know that you can't fly off the handle at work when you get angry because you'll lose your job, but you you are perfectly comfortable with being able to go home when nobody's looking and you can medicate that anger with substance, you can medicate that anger either with food or with with alcohol or with with drugs. You're able to sort of separate yourself from that emotion and you found that you can do it in this way because no one can see. What I wanna say to you is what God's trying to lead us to is this place where we can recognize, I can see things happening in this world. I can see injustices. I can see things that are wrong to other people. I can see when I've been wronged and yet I can make the decision that I am aligning my emotions and I'm submitting them to the power and the presence of Christ in my life. What does James say in his text? He says that we should be quick, that everyone should be quick to hear. Now, what is this talking about? This is talking about an obedient life to the word of God. In verse 22 in this passage, he says this, don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Don't talk about it, be about it. And so James is saying here, the word that can give you life, be quick to obey. The thing that we should be fast to do is obey. Obedience needs to grow in our life at such a rate that the distance between us hearing from the Lord and responding to the Lord, that that continues to shrink in our life. I want to be quick to obey the Lord. But then look at what he says. There are now two things that we should be slow to do. He says that we should be slow to speak. Now, when James is writing this letter, James is not thinking about the works of Paul. So all of Paul's letters are not informing James, James's posture. James's posture is informed by the Old Testament. It's informed by the wisdom literature. And you can see over and over throughout the wisdom literature of the Old Testament where it talks about how we should speak less, say less, God bless. Where we should speak less and we should actually listen more. We've all heard this adage. I know I've been told this many times in my life. Charlie, if when you speak, we know how foolish you are, but if you would just keep your mouth shut, we would all think you were a genius. I remember being told that. And so here's what the wisdom literature is offering to us and reminding reminding us here is to slow down our speech. Don't be quick to speak. Be quick to listen. Listening produces the opportunity for obedience. When I'm listening, I can build community better than when I'm speaking. James is talking about the community of faith. He's talking about how we build unity among believers. We continue to obey the word, we continue to be slow to speak. And then he says, This be slow to anger. Because anger is not going to produce the righteousness in you that God desires. It's not that you're not going to have anger. It's not that you're going to arrive at anger. But he wants us to be slow to get there. What do we do? What do we do with our anger? How do we invite the Spirit of God into this place so that God might restore and that God might heal and that God might redeem And so one of the things, whenever I think about anger and I think about these emotions that are at play in our life, for me, what I always want to do is I want to bring the presence of Christ. I want to invite the Spirit of God into that place. And so for us, as we're considering sort of anger and we're considering how we respond and we're considering what we do, one of the main overarching sort of actions that we have to take is once we've assessed, hey, this is what's causing me anger, I can see it, I can, I can focus in, okay, this is causing me anger, I can, I can delay it, I can call like a timeout, I can not respond quickly to it, I can, I can then try to control my anger. These are some practical steps. I see it, I delay it, I try to control it. This means this, I respond rationally, not emotionally, I maintain a healthy distance from the things that are causing me this frustration or this anger. I I confront to bring restoration, not to have a fight. Again, confrontation isn't an invitation to come to blows. Confrontation is looking for a resolve. I I move with a sense, I control it by having empathy. Let me give you just a word of advice in terms of empathy. Empathy is hard to have when the volume of your voice is escalated. Empathy should always be accompanied with a slow and a steady voice. So as we're practicing empathy with one another, let's, let's remember that. And we surrender fighting for revenge. You want to know how you control anger in your life? is stop trying to get even with the people that have wronged you. That's part of us submitting and turning these things over to God. I see it. I focus on the source of my anger and I want to catch it early. I don't want it to get so far down the road. I want to catch it early. This is where the awareness of our emotions come into play. I delay it. I'm putting a kind of a timeout on it. I control it. And then, and then I settle it. I settle it. I I cultivate this place of just faith and trust that God's going to continue to work. I put a period on this. And so as we're doing some of these practical things, an overarching practice that I want us to have, and you're going to hear us talk about it so much here at Hill City, is I want us to cultivate a life of prayer. Again, I'm inviting the Holy Spirit into these processes. I can't do these separate from the power of the Holy Spirit. Because listen to me, there's moments when my anger, man, it's popping off. And the last thing I want to do is to lower my voice. The last thing I want to do is take a time out. Man, I want to I wanna engage. I want to have like, I want to go at it. I want to have that sort of point, counterpoint, man. I want to really kind of try to get into this. But when I invite the Holy Spirit into a moment and I begin to say things like this, God, point out to me the wound or the brokenness that this is bumping up into and producing the anger in my life. Why am I feeling this way? And I give invitation to the Holy Spirit to come in. You see, I'm finding more and more in my life. I'm not trying to begin with the other person. I'm trying to start, I'm trying to start with me. God, bring healing, bring awareness in my life, bring a resolve in my life, bring a peace in my life. Help my natural fleshly anger to be matured into a righteous anger that I see in Christ where my heart is breaking for the things that break God's heart. Jesus doesn't get angry when Judas betrays him. Jesus gets angry when people turn the temple, God's house of prayer, into a marketplace. So you and I can take wonderful notes from the life of Jesus. His anger isn't based on people wronging him like you and I get angry. His anger is based on the things and the places and the purposes of God are not being fulfilled. They're not being realized. Maybe you get into a place in your life where you see injustice happening and you get angry. That's a moment to pause. We see it. We take that delay and we invite the Holy Spirit in to give us a window as to what is going on here. God, lead me to prayer before I act out. This is what self-control looks like on display in our life. So a couple of things I want us to think about when we look at prayer, prayer is us going to God with our offense. It's going to God with our pain. It's going to God with our frustrations. If we go verbal towards God, it's prayer. When we go verbal to one another, we just might slide into that place of gossip. You ever find yourself when you're angry, you're looking for someone to agree with you? You ever find yourself like you'll just run through your friend groups, finding the person that's going to feel the exact same way you do about that person, and y'all are going to have a time together. Listen to me. Prayer moves towards God looking to be in agreement with him gossip moves towards someone else who's looking for agreement with you. When we cultivate a prayerful heart, when we cultivate a prayerful life, we move away from the destructive conversations that seem to just fester and add to the fury and the rage that our anger is longing for. Listen, if you're angry with the person, pray for them. I found in my life in different working situations or working environments, being frustrated with a colleague, being angry with a colleague. And I felt the Lord just prompt me to begin praying for them. You know what I found in my life? It's very, very hard and difficult to be angry with people that you are praying for. Because here's what happens as you begin to pray for them, you begin to release release the things in you that you were holding on to. See, what I want us to do is get to a place where we're not internalizing our anger and we're holding it in, but a place where we actually are like letting it go because we're working on the inside of us, wanting God to mature us and deepen us and grow us into a way. We want to get to a place where we actually begin to be upset and angry about the things that God's angry. And we begin to move into places where we're contending in prayer over these things, the injustices that we are contending in prayer, that we are bombarding heaven with our requests, with our petitions, not for God just to make it right on our behalf, but we are asking for God to intercede and we're asking for God to move. You see, the problem for us, friends, is that we're all human. The problem for us is that our humanity, it is ever before us. There are always going to be things that have the potential of setting you off. What I wanna do, and I think maturity is seen in our life, is when the fuse gets longer and longer and longer, and the things that used to make us explode quickly no longer even get a rise out of us see, we're going to find ourselves at different places on this journey with this emotion. But there's a spiritual practice that I want us to all sort of grab hold of. We talk a lot about prayer here, and prayer has many different facets, many different ways. It's not just a one way to pray, but there are a variety of ways to, prayer, to pray. There are a variety of practices in prayer that we should become comfortable with. So one that I want to talk about here at the end, and I want to kind of close with an exercise It's called the prayer of examine. So the prayer of examine, whenever I think about that, it brings me back to Psalm chapter 39, verses 23 and 24, where David writes this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So if a prayer of of examine is practiced this way, kind of take a moment and you, you steady your heart, you steady your mind, and you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to do just what David wrote. Search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. In my mind, in my heart, in my emotions, there is no place that you do not have access to. What are the emotions? What are the responses? What are the actions, what are the decisions or the indecisions that I've made that has grieved your heart? The prayer of examine is looking for the moments where we have missed it. Where are the places that we've taken anger specifically and we've stored it away, we've not processed it, we've not dealt with it, but we've allowed it to be that seething thing under the hood, The prayer of examine invites the Holy Spirit in so that it might be exposed and that God might begin to bring healing to that area. Friend, listen to me. When we expose our heart to the Lord, when we expose the brokenness in us to the Lord, he's faithful not only to forgive, but he is faithful to heal those places. So the prayer of examine is looking for those moments. The prayer of examine is also looking for the moments when we have got it right. In the moment where we didn't grieve the Holy Spirit, but maybe we put a smile on God's face because we got it, because our actions were in line with what God's word was. We could sense God's presence. We could see the activity of God. The prayer of examine gives space and time to look at those things. Sometimes we're doing it just maybe hour by hour in a day. Maybe we're looking back over our week and we're going day by day, but we're, we're careful to pay attention. What are the movements where we move towards and what are the times that we moved away from God? And that prayer of examine friends is prayed best and most accurately when we're honest, when we have a proper view of ourselves when we are not elevating ourselves in our own minds, where we realize that we're not always getting it right. We're not always getting it wrong. We don't let the winds go to our head and the losses go to our heart, but we come before the Lord open for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, not how we see ourselves, but how does God see us? How does God see us? We invite the Lord into those places that produces Healing and the healing leads to maturity. And maturity leads to a life that is enabled to make disciples because we are following Jesus fully. Grace and peace, church. We love you so much. Yeah, anger is not uh, an easy topic um, to talk about. Uh, But here's a moment, a time uh, after we practice that prayer of examine, and maybe God exposes some things in your life, maybe it's right beneath the surface, maybe it's been kind of erupting and it's coming out on other people in your life. I just wanna take a moment and pause and I wanna lead us into a prayer of, of repentance. So maybe for you, you're making the decision to follow Jesus. Maybe for you, you're making the choice to leave anger kind of right here and right now. So would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, God, you know us, You knit us together and you formed us. You know our comings and our goings. You know our strengths. You know our frailty. And so God, we offer our lives to you. We offer, Lord, our anger to you. We pray that the Holy Spirit would bring a calm. That the Holy Spirit would bring a healing. That would restore us. Make us right with you. God, if we've we've leaned in the areas where we have become angry and we've sinned, God, we repent and we ask for your forgiveness. Lead us into the way of righteousness. And God, we give you full control and reign in our life. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Church, we want to walk alongside you. So if there's anything that we can do, um, Hill City Cares is here for you. Reach out to us online. Let us know what you need, how we can come alongside you. And we're honored, honored to do it. Church, we love you so much. We can't wait to see you and talk to you soon.